Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Opinions. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler. Um, I'm joined today with Mark, Mallory, Avery, and Spencer. Uh, so we got a big crowd today. Um, we have uh, a couple things that we're going to be talking about today, which I'm uh, really excited for. Um, the topics we're going to be going over is the new age job market and the generational pay gap um, that has affected millennials. So uh, without further ado, I think we just jump right into this. Um, so with what's going on nowadays, I think that is kind of bullshit, essentially what millennials having to deal with, you know, Thanks. the the job market that we're kind of put in, not only is it super saturated, you know, there's everybody's trying to get a job right now. Um, but also, let's be honest, guys, the, the pay is fucking got off. Right. I mean, it's, it sucks. Right. Um, and I mean, you talk to your parents about this stuff and they're always like, you know, go find a job, go find a good paying job with a good salary um, and stick with that company. You know, get promoted and all this stuff. Right. Um, I, I don't see that happening a lot anymore. I see a lot of millennials doing job hopping and for good reason, you know, like the the pay is awful and they tend to just stay there for a little bit and leave for a higher paying job. I mean, uh, I mean, do you guys have anything to say about that? Because, I mean, I, it's it, it kind of sucks right now with this job market. I mean, yeah. So, in the example of all of our grandparents, the boomers, right? The economy was so much better. They were buying houses for way cheaper than we are. I was talking to my grandfather the other day. He said it cost $450 to have all of his kids. And now it's like 30 to 50 grand. It's ridiculous. And with jobs that millennials have nowadays, we don't really like have the money to pay for births that won't like. It'll be an extended period before you're able to pay it off. It'll be like a few years rather than boomers and our parents who could pay it off in less than a year. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with that. I mean, I mean, if you look at the minimum wage from when boomers were around, minimum wage was what, $2? And somebody looked that up. Somebody look up what like boomers' minimum wage was. I think it was like $2 and some change an hour, right? But rent was only a couple hundred bucks. I mean, you could literally have the shittiest job in the world. You could be scrubbing toilets at a fast food place and be able to pay your mortgage, be able to pay rent for a, a, a one-bedroom apartment in, in downtown. You know, and that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, nowadays, what minimum wage here is what seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour? Is it? Is that? Is that what it is? Seven dollars yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, seven twenty-five. Tell me how you're going to pay your rent on seven twenty-five if you work. 40 hours full-time for uh, four weeks. Tell me how you're paying rent. No, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Mark, what do you think about all that? I think it makes the duration it takes to become like established way longer than it used to be. Cause in order to be at a place where you can like happily or like you know comfortably have a house a car be able to pay off like previous debts and loans and stuff it's like the age is increasing to where that's even a possibility 
let alone like this whole pay gap and other stuff and like inflation, which I mean is a contributing factor on why it's taking so much longer. Because I've had careers and stuff where it's like in the past it'd be considered very good money, but in today's standards, it's like barely livable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's very like very few jobs that are out there where millennials can actually get ahead you know and like again like if you're in a really good job that's that's taking care of you great you know i I hear that argument you're like oh you know i've i've been with the company and this you know i I, you know i got this big salary and stuff great good for you but not a lot of people especially right out of college with college debt are going to be able to pay afford to pay their student loans back for that job yeah, and pay for a mortgage. That makes sense. There's a massive barrier to entry as well, and a lot of things that ultimately pay off. And that's also contributing to our age and why it's so difficult. It's like first year pay compared to fifth, sixth year pay is such an insane difference. Yeah. In a, in I mean, a lot of areas. And like, and it makes sense because, I mean, lately you have a lot more people inclined to, like, job hop and stuff because everybody's searching for the best thing. But that means that, like, because of that, companies are now going to pay lower first-year pay, like, across the board. Yeah. So, so my, my opinion on these things, these things are, like... One of the hardest things that even my parents' generation can't wrap their head around is that, you know, one of the reasons why the service industry is booming right now and everybody wants a job in the service industry is because because there is no cap on how much you can make there. And people would rather take the risk of making nothing and making something more than what they'd make in a nine to five and have an unstable job than to commit to a nine to five that is not, it doesn't match up with cost of living. Um, The houses, the markets, you can't buy a house right now. Like you could buy a shoebox house in the middle of nowhere for $300,000 and that's ridiculous. And the upkeep that you would have to make on that terrible location, nowhere near what, what you expected when you were little or told, you know, if you follow a certain routine you know graduate high school go to college get a job coming out but who warned us about the market who warned us about how even the smartest of us the ones that do have nine to five jobs coming out that are offered to them they can't even afford to live and also things that people don't understand about even like my generation i'm not a millennial but i am Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, technically, was it I, anybody born after was it 9 11? Was, was that what it was? Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so, one of the things that my parents don't really understand, you know, my mom would, she would always say, well, what, why do you, why don't you just get a nine to five? Why, why don't you, why, why can't you keep a job? And I've always been in the service industry, like in and out, in and out. Um, and to be honest with you, I've had nine to five jobs. I've had the hourly jobs and I've really struggled with it. 
and employers they're gonna i mean i my first job ever was paris teeter a cashier when i was 16 and mm-hmm. i made nine dollars an hour and how much do they pay them now starting out i don't well, you're know lucky. But... when i started out i was making 725. yeah and that's ridiculous like how does anyone even be able to because i mean you have your car bills you have student debt you have you know groceries you have all this stuff and like everything is going up in price including your groceries including your car bills including your rent i mean you can't go anywhere the shoe box that we lived in that was a piece of crap that was fourteen hundred dollars and you know that might sound good to someone in new york but someone here i mean they they pay you 725 like per hour as minimum wage and it doesn't get much better in new york i think that places like that you know they're like oh well you guys have it so much easier the rent is so much so much cheaper but it's literally the same cost of living because they're getting well meanwhile they're getting paid 15 an hour minimum wage however their rent is two times that but they're also getting paid two times that minimum wage so it balances out completely 100% no like I actually looked up some oh you got the facts yeah I got the facts all right so I'm going to read I'm going to read the first three because they're just fucking ridiculous. Gen Z dollars today have 86% less purchasing power than those from when baby boomers were in their 20s. Wow. The cost of public and private school tuition has increased by 310% and 245% respectively since the 70s. And Gen Zers and millennials are paying 57% more per gallon of gas than maybe boomers did in their 20s. I mean, come on. I mean, the facts speak for themselves. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's I mean, insane. I mean, the cost of living for us has gone what? I mean, it's just gone up. Minimum wage has stayed the same. And, I mean, by no means are we asking for, like, us to just get paid minimum wage. We just want a livable wage where we can just go to work and be able to survive. It's not a lot that we're asking you know, especially because, you know, you got CEOs making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Meanwhile, the people that are making it work are getting paid jack shit. Oh, yeah. At the very bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And, Same you know, with athletes. Well, I mean, yeah. but Bro, until- everyone's good at some shit, but you know some of these athletes don't need to be getting paid as much as doctors. Can I add yeah. something out of the books a little bit? Sure. What are the thoughts on social consumerism needs of the modern day society compared to back then. Right now, I feel like we're very money consumed and very into material and looking good and impressing people and being the certain person that marketing ads have sold us on over and over and over to impress the people that we're being around. We're buying more expensive clothes, more expensive cars, fancy housing, fountains to go out in your front yard, whatever it is to get that extra bang for your buck. If you got yeah, we're spending our money on that our parents never spent the dollars on and things like that. So they're able to kind of raise prices knowing that we're looking for that fill and that need. Well, I think there's two ways to look at that. I think it's like from the perspective of someone on the outside looking in who never had the opportunity to buy those things to make their life easier. That's what it looks like to them as an opportunity, a privilege. So it's like, 
one big thing about um, us spending so much money now on things that make our life more convenient is that it is materialism. Um, and the way that it's displayed to America these days is that you cannot live without this. And what, what age did we, you know, become aware that uh, of what we need versus what we want. And that was a very young age. And what did we also have at a very young age, social media in which they didn't. So it's this entire like new form of advertisement that's in our faces every single day. And you know, the standards of beauty, the standards of a lifestyle that is the lifestyle to have, that hasn't it's changed. It has a price to it. It hasn't changed. It's just evolved. And it's like all of it has always had a price to it. All of it has been just barely out of reach for those who are blue collar workers, you know, and it's never going to change in that. But now we just face kind of the compromise of, okay, um, in a society where you will never be perfect, you'll never have everything. And then there are people that you look up to, such as like the Kardashians or, you know, just right. very rich multi-million people who spend more on a Chanel purse than what two times my rent is. Um, it's it's difficult. And we all want to say, oh, well, that's, you know, materialism. We don't need those things. But in actuality, like that is a part of the the human agenda is to evolve. And if we don't want things, then how are we going to evolve? So we're never not going to spend our money on these things. We're never not going to want to live easier and just have a better time. So so much has evolved though in the past 50 years. It's insane. Like was, when you brought up technology, yeah. like being Gen Zers, like, yeah, you grew up with social media when you were a very young age. But say for me and Tyler, we we had flip phones, we had Nokia's, we didn't have internet, Wi-Fi, T T nine text. We yeah, T nine text. Oh, my man. God, Seriously, like, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't bring it back. Yeah, See, See, I you brought nine eleven. We we remember oh, yeah. watching that. Yeah, but, you know, to piggyback off of what Mallory had said before, um, a little bit about us is, you know, like me and Mallory were both bartenders. Um, so we, we chose to kind of get into the service industry knowing to, that we were going to be taking a risk, right, um, to do that. And, you know, high risk, high reward. Yeah, it is a high risk, high reward, but I feel like it's one of the only jobs. Well, not the only, but very close. Uh, one of those jobs that you can kind of get ahead. You know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. There are companies out there that pay their employees great, but those are few and far between. So I think just taking this straight up baseline of just paying rent, not even talking about like Chanel purses and everything like that, but just rent itself. The affordability of rent right now is fuck it at all. I would say it's an all time low. The, the, the affordability of it. it right. Really is. I mean, Everybody is thinking about that. I mean, I don't care how much money that you make, um, you know, as a millennial, right? I guarantee you every millennial is probably thinking like, oh, man, like, we got rent coming up. It's never like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's on auto draft. 
When's the last time you talked to is always on our minds. Yeah. When, when is the last time you talked to a millennial and said their bills were on auto draft? Oh, never. No, that option honestly scares me. I That's see that terrifying. and I'm like, yeah, it must well, be I nice. Got, I got my phone bill on auto draft. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Spencer, everybody. That is about Round of applause it. for this guy. Thanks, sir. I mean, it, it's a different kind of fear because, you know, at some point before I had to worry about where I was going to live in a place to lay my head so I'm not homeless, I was thinking, oh, one day it's going to be so nice to just grab a sweater off the rack and not even have to look at the price tag. I can just buy it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But it's a new kind of fear where it's like, oh, well, $2,000 for rent, that's, you know, that's the difference between me and a place to sleep. I mean, I work pretty much every single day and I get by paying my rent, but there's still like a hunk in my throat where I'm just like, that is a large chunk of money. That's a large chunk of money and not a lot left for me to live I spend most of my time at work and I don't have a lot of money left after getting the things that I need to live yeah. and it's really frustrating yeah, do you have anything to say Mark? you got any opinions man I haven't heard you in a minute <laughs> uh, yeah so with that service industry thing it's like the quality of life is already bad enough without having money which is what is driving people more towards like that's why you see things like uber blowing up lately is because they have that autonomous like or you know it's like the, the self control or whatever of being able to manage your own time create your own schedule do your own thing because when what life sucks as it is you don't want like because you know the stigma around the low income stuff is the management sucks, work sucks, life sucks, and like nobody wants okay. to go in and get yelled at while they can't, while they're in the background, while they're getting yelled at by this idiot worrying about if they can afford gas for the ride home. It's like nobody wants to do both. I mean, it's a solid point. I mean, I can't even argue with that. That's just a solid point. But I mean, you know. But with the, the current modern reality is like what Mallory said getting to the point where you can just grab a sweater off the shelf the barrier to entry to that is so much higher than it used to be right because exactly. like education is like you guys were just reading off those stats like way more expensive than it used to be so it's like you have to already have somebody in your life with a foundation to even be able to create your own foundation it's like in order to qualify for a loan you have to have some like nobody at our age is going to be able to qualify for a certain loan like the way it's set up you have to have a certain amount of time a certain amount of score built up over like all this calculations it's like we haven't even been in the system long enough to qualify so like if you're unfortunate enough to not have like a solid family foundation or something like supporting you it's like most people might not ever get the chance to make right. it to a place where they can comfortably grab a sweater off the shelf and not worry about it right and and that kind of like leads me in to the next thing is you know i feel like boomers arguments all the time 
or is it like millennials, they choose a work-life balance over just working, right? I, I hate well, it's that. We all I, saw our broken families, our broken f- parents and stuff. Cause like, that's yeah, how I the mean, baby boomers live their life. Work was yeah. number one. That's all that mattered. It's like achieve this white picket fence lifestyle. Keep up with the Joneses, watch the Kardashians. It's all like what you guys were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I don't the, think boomers are watching the Kardashians. Oh, my mom. No, but it was the Joneses. <laughs> at that, the yeah. Oh, kind of like, yeah, kind of. Oh she, I think your mom's a Gen X. A hundred percent. Yeah, she's yeah. almost there. Stop. She's she's close Wait, to what it. Year was your mom born? Nineteen sixty-three. Yeah. Old enough. Old enough. She, Old enough. Pretty, what do you say? That's, that's she's a boomer. That's Is a she a boomer? That's a baby. She was a enough. She yeah. got born because some people went to war. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But Your mom looks good for being a boomer. That's <laughs> awesome. That's another oh, thing, too. It's I'll like you that. could. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a Lori podcast. So, so, uh, hey, Lori. <laughs> so, what, so, what I'm also saying is, you know, me personally, like in my life, I, I very much value my time away from work. You know, um, you know, I mean, a perfect example is, you know, my manager came to me today and said, you know, hey, somebody called off and he just said, I just said no. And I mean, that, I feel like not a lot of people, like, you know, all, like managers nowadays, they try to, um, they don't want you to normalize saying no to them. You know what I mean? You are expendable to them. Right, exactly. But more what I'm getting at is that I think our generation needs to start normalizing saying no and you know having a voice in the standing world. up for this. and i can relate personally well, to this because i work um under the same company that my parents have been working for for over 25 years and both them have very much a boomer work workaholic type of personality and attitude when they go to work it's wake up go to work come home and you can see your family when you can and that's all you can do about it because they're paying you the money <laughs> And that's it. But I also grew up with my dad taking phone calls on Christmas, him having to go away when we're on family vacations to go on his laptop and not be able to join us out on the beach. Like I grew up with all the downsides of that kind of work life. And my parents have always like ensued me to be like, hey, don't call it work. Like, come on, let's show up. And like, even like I'm a manager now uh, for where I'm working at. And like I have clerks who call out and like it's so looked down upon above like my managers and my bosses. And they're all like, oh, they called out today. They're not coming in. What a piece of shit and all this stuff. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, well, they're 18 years old getting paid $7. They like, if they want to take a day off for a mental health day, go get Starbucks, go shopping. I tell them like, I don't care if you want to call it for a sick day because I do it too. I mean, dude, boomers hate that word. Oh, yeah. Mental health day. Oh, yeah. Um, You You put in for sick days left and right, not left and right. I mean, I still got to make, pay, work enough to pay my rent. Girl, what is depression? When I need a day ticket. But what I'm getting at too about this whole thing is, I mean, it's, you take that that whole situation that you just said, right? Your your dad's taking phone calls on Christmas. He, you know, he's having to leave family vacations. That sounds awful. Okay, so fuck <laughs> our generation, right? For wanting to stand up and say that's some bullshit. I don't want to live that way. And instead, why don't you just pay us a livable wage for when we are at when we are working our forty hours a week that we signed up to do, right? I'm not here to, I, I, I don't want to just give my whole soul and 
body and everything over to a company. That sounds beautiful. Is this something you have to do? It's not something that I want to do. (laughs) That sounds absolutely awful. So when our generation decides that we want to stand up and just be like, hey, no, fuck you guys. Like, I want a proper work-life balance. Then you go back to the statistics and be like, well, even if your father didn't do all those things, he still would have been able to make it. And that's what gets me. The boomers have this false mentality thinking that, oh, I never would have got here uh, to where I am today if I didn't do these things. Yeah. So on on that corporate topic. So now it's like in a lifestyle, you know, you're you're in you're in a job where you make enough to enjoy life a little bit more. But now you can't really it's now you have like this thing over your shoulder at all times, because like now the company mindset of like your life is now work in addition to that your life outside of work is also like monitored and controlled. And it's like, you can't even have like a bad post on social media that reflects bad on like the company or you can lose your job. And that's just like the most like disgusting feeling ever. Cause like, it's, it's bad enough that you have to feel demoralized just for calling out, but to not even, even, yeah. When it's even when you call out that day that you still have like the don't guilt. even feel like you can yeah you you're sitting you there the guilt. with guilt you don't feel like you can post anything online because people are going to shame you for calling out that day it and, consistently feel like that if I I used to like you know I haven't called out of this job yet <laughs> but um and my old jobs I remember this just like feeling of. I, just guilt that resonated in my life. Like I would work, I would work 12 hours a day, my butt off, go home, go to sleep, wake up, do it again. You should have do guilt, all. Though. Yeah. And, and that's well, the that... worst part is that <laughs> I know that. However, you know, I will, I've heard my bosses talk about people who call out, well, you need a doctor's note. They would never take anything seriously. If you just said, Hey, yeah, and you I may not be time. sick, and I probably can't really afford to go to the doctor. Just by the way. usually, I can't. It's like seventy-five dollars just for me to show up to the doctors, um, and then comes a fat bill in the mail. So sorry, I don't want to show up to the doctors every Plus, time that I'm sick. Boomers were so used to nine to fives. Yeah, eight-hour days. Yeah, it's all the majority based on of like us the are working military. twelve to fourteen-hour fucking days. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And like, I would just, I would call off and I remember I just had one job that I had so much respect for. The pay wasn't great. I had to leave because of that reason. I couldn't live. And I hated that so much. I felt like Meg Ryan in any movie. Um, It was a great job. But I just remember texting my boss at that given point. And it was a spiritual shop. You guys know um and i was just like hey i'm gonna try something different i'm just gonna be honest with you i am so exhausted i was like i feel like i need a day like i have anxiety i'm tired i feel like i just need to sleep i don't not sick i'm just tired and they were like oh oh i'm so sorry of course you know we'll get someone to cover for you and you you just take a break if I came to one of my bosses in the service like industry and response, yeah, 
it's a heaven response. And I did not expect that at all. And the relief that I felt because I could just take my day. I could literally just like do whatever I needed to go to the park, whatever. And they just know that I just needed to not work. If I told my bosses that I was tired and I needed to take mm -hmm. a day to sleep, all they would say is welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they're like yeah. well, like, why are we helping each other? Why, but the, why the funny thing is, if you ask these people, well, that's how it's been made into to like sustain that it's like that's why achieve like rewards, trips, incentivization, like it's person of the month, all that crap is just to like give you reasons to sell your soul to them. Like, here you get this accolade for putting in this much more time but there's no like real value outside of like emotional gratification <laughs> yeah, but, yeah i mean i mean i got something here for you mark um so it, if anybody does, doesn't know mark uh on the podcast here mark is actually going to pilot school um to become a pilot right and uh you're actually pretty damn close to finishing that right mark yeah okay yeah, so I just did some numbers real real quick here, and I was looking this up. So back in the 1960s when boomers were, were pilots, right, um, the annual salary that they made was $78,000, okay, $78,000, right? In today, and that's in the 60s, right? In today's money with inflation, Spencer, what does that number say right there? What is that today? Oh my god! Holy! Let me tell you, that's eight hundred and ten. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Eight hundred, eight hundred and eleven thousand and sixty-five dollars. That's what it equates to annually per year. That's what boomers were making. Like, well, that's that's for not. Them, for their that's, yeah, right. For that's reference, not, right? Um, I don't, I don't think they were making near that because uh, back in the day, pilots that, weren't making that much. That's the U.S. This this all have heard about the, the silent depression, right? How this we're comes, in the silent depression right now. This comes from AtlasBlue.com, right here. The article literally states right here it's how much pilots earned in the 1960s. Um, and I mean, but, there's a, there's a literal whole. I mean, there's a whole okay, chart on it. it. So that was absolute top end. So to go off of that same scale, and they have kept up and in some cases past inflation like that's why the aviation is a big thing right now well, was, well there was a pilot shortage right yeah that's yeah that probably that's attributes to a little making, bit of yeah that's why this well, industry is kept up and how much are exceeding. pilots making right right now like on the high end uh 600 to seven like 600 to seven figures Six hundred to seven figures. Yeah. Okay. Well, then fuck me, I guess. I was gonna say I knew it was over a couple million. You think so? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that commercial pilots must definitely even make over. I feel like they gotta make over. Like like if you bet like for a commercial pilot who's somebody been in there for somebody a few fact years. That real quick. Wait, let, yeah, me, it, let me make sure you... I'm not speaking on my ass right now. Well, like the even the Google is going to be lower than in current because what the way pilot stuff works is you have a, like a set amount of hours, but you can like pick up you can you can be lazy with it or work a lot. And a lot I'm of people about that have been regular, into it, 
work-life balance, just a regular, like normal job. I'm just assuming that's th- th- this is what it's going off of. Um, right? I'd say All right, 100, right off, 150 is low. Okay. But th- 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 all I'm trying to make, make the point I'd across say is that probably around 200 is your typical jet right seat. Right. It goes up into the 300s for a typical jet left seat. I, I just but, I would love to see the number. Like I would just love to see the numbers on that, just because like. Well, that's just, not even a lot what, of money. That's well, that, I'm, I mean, no, that's like to, insane to say, but that's no, like the reality no, no, no. we live I'm in. Not, right I'm now. not saying that. What I'm saying is like how much more boomers were paid in their generation and how pilots easy... make 10 times more than they used to it's it's because like they used to all be out of military so military they because the dynamic was opposite i mean it, you see the idolization in old movies it's like pilots didn't make anything it was like a school teacher but they had the utmost respect it's like kids walking through the airport it's like stop and stare at a pilot. These yeah, days, pilots they'd make be a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these days, yeah, yeah, yeah. These days, but, pilots make money, but the world has zero respect just in general. Like no one cares at all about anybody else. So, like, but in terms of money, but in terms of money, I, I, I might be speaking on my ass on this. I'm, I, I, he's gonna fact check it real quick, but I really don't know if i i think i did i'm gonna go ahead and just disagree i don't think pilots nowadays make more money than they did like boomers made back in the day and the reason i'm saying that and and hold on just for a second hear me out right there was an entire like what was it um united airlines there was an entire strike for increase of pay for pilots that was that happened recently it happened about six or eight months they made enough money Exactly. That's exactly my point. So if they so made they enough money, they wouldn't go. Back then. I'm, this this happened eight months ago. Yeah. There was there was a United um, American Airlines went on strike because pilots were underpaid. There was pilots that were. And don't believe me. Look it up. It, it is right there on Google. I remember. They were all standing outside of the airport, and this happened eight months ago because they were demanding fair pay. They were demanding fair pay. Yep. And. So when you say that, drivers. so when you're, when you're telling me, and if we're taking the numbers, right, we're taking the numbers from boomers back in the day at like in, in the sixties, making $78,000, which equates to a hundred or $811,000 us dollars today. I'm Why saying 2023. I, I, I know, but hear me out. What I'm saying is I, I'm, I am taking that dollar amount from the sixties and translating it over to current dollar amounts how much that would that money would actually be there is no way in hell that a pilot would like any pilot would go on strike and demand like a bunch of them like all seeing outside the airport if they didn't make a, if, if they were making a hundred or eight hundred and eleven thousand dollars you bet my ass i'd be in that plane yeah, are you kidding me there's pilots no way. Were, but it's because the reality is the average pilot not a shot was making 800 what i'm saying is eight eight hundred thousand dollars a year like like right now like okay hold on so i mean i got this there was so right now in like 
70,000 back then. That's referring to everything that we're talking about right now. Go ahead and read that. Yeah. So, yeah, he just pulled this this fact real quick. And, you know, in 2023, we now have the silent depression. um, What what aviation category was that? Oh, hold on. Listen to me. So, this is while the United States is not battling the 25% unemployment levels it's seen in the 1930s. Many Americans feel financially strained, working harder and more hours just to keep on, up on their monthly bills. I mean, this, I mean that's the sign of depression. But more to what I was talking about with aviation, like when you're saying pilots are making more today, I, I highly doubt that they would be going on strike if they're making just shy of a million dollars a year. Yeah, and if that was the case, I mean, well, like holy shit, I don't know how much a money. Lot of money though. Well, I mean, I People really don't go on think... strike for any amounts of money. It's I mean, like, could, it's all well, somebody, just valuation. Somebody look, this, somebody look the, the, the aviation strike up. Like, look up the strike for pilots. No, I know. It, but it'll you're, probably I, tell the amount that I, they were paid. No, I know. And that. what they were demanding. I know. But, like, the same thing could be. Yeah, you look. Yeah. And it could have been just, yeah. I mean, you do kind of need more information on that because if it was, what if it was just for that company? Like, what if that one company was below the industry standard? Well, I, I seriously doubt that there was. I mean, because there, the, even the videos of multiple airports show that there was fifty plus pilots standing out in front of the airport and refusing to fly because they wanted equal pay. I, I doubt that that's from just a singular company alone it could be it could be however yeah that's why i was just um, curious because however if that if that is the case american airlines is one of the largest uh commercial flights that you can get in the united states period i mean they're massive that's what i've flown the past seven years right and if their pilots are going on strike what does that say about the industry it's going down well it's well and and obviously the pay is, is going down but I mean, I mean, I mean overall everything is. How much was your? I mean, how much was your flight ticket? Couple hundred dollars. It's probably getting more expensive. I wonder how much it was in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen sixties. You want you want me to be really honest though? Oh wait, did you get a little? Uh, okay, little so my mom with her with her past job flew so much all over the world that she ended up getting enough points to give everyone free flights for like 20 years <laughs> we love that yeah you know what's funny I, I signed up for one of those like um reward oh she can every time she books a flight out for someone anywhere she's using her points oh. every single time all right then yeah, it, this is, it, it costs nothing to her. So that kind of leads me to like the next topic, and we'll we'll come we'll bring us to a close real soon. But the generational pay gap is obviously there. I mean, we we we've, we've established that everybody agrees that there is a huge pay gap between the generations. Um, I mean, it was a little bit easier for our parents, but the boomers, which are our grandparents, I mean, dude, I mean, they had it really easy. I mean, they did, you know, I, I mean, I felt like they really kind of had this economy that was set up real nice for them, that like money was flowing in, jobs were paying, there wasn't huge unemployment, it was, everything was just going cohesively, and then we got our generation, and I feel like once they get on retirement, 
we're just getting absolutely shattered. Yeah. Yeah. In terms so of the short end of the stick. Oh, one hundred percent. They just absolutely tank the economy, well, and I'll stand by that. I think a neat thing, real quick for the economy standpoint to go off of that a more interesting topic is like forget the aviation because that's money in the realm of like the sweater analogy being able to just pull one off the shelf and not care but the old industry that i worked in which is more important for like a societal standard which is uh like technician mechanic type stuff i had to leave that career like that's a dangerous statement if you like understand how you know because things have to still function in this society but i had to leave that career because the pay wasn't enough to keep up with like just basic cost of living so that and that is society yeah yeah because think about it it's like now the water level if you will of the entire society is so high that stem cell educated people like in those fields that like support literally everything that makes things function it's getting to the point where those people are going to be underwater <laughs> and that it? like can't happen if that happens it's game over essentially because if an electrician can't afford to keep his own house electricity on that's not a good thing you work for mercedes-benz yeah right? which is like not even on the lower end. So just for a quick, like just just to throw this out there, the CEO for the company that you worked at, do you know, do you by chance off the top of your head know um, their salary that they made? Uh, it was a privately owned, so it's a dealership. No, no, I'm talking about Mercedes-Benz straight up. Oh, that's not how this type of industry works. But I mean, they had that. See, that's a different whole can of worms. Cause like the people that make that amount of money, seven point five million dollars. Whoa, which, which is, is annual salary. That's like I was kind nothing. of expecting more from Mercedes. Benz. Yeah, that's seven, like seven point five for a B. Seven point five million dollars. Okay. Seven point five million dollars is a lot of fuck. But yeah. like in the global scheme of how much people make, that's that's a drop in a bucket. Mark, you just not said the average person. Mark, you just said that you left Mercedes Benz because you were underpaid, but your CEO is making seven point five million dollars every three hundred and sixty-five days, and you're okay with it. Well, yeah, you have to understand. No, 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 hell no. Hell no. No, you, you're, are you telling me that if he didn't sacrifice a million, maybe maybe two million dollars? I mean, you're still making five point five million dollars a year. But, he didn't sacrifice but, but now, now, but but now you money. get into the now you get into the realm of like who is because like the company itself makes in the billions what is seven million dollars that's nothing to run and how much you are responsible for you got 7.5 million dollars do you know what i could do with 7.5 million dollars in a but year you're also no, not qualified to sit in the seat no Mark, but i Mark, is is he more qualified to build that mercedes-benz than you that's not his job all you gotta no, do is exactly. know a little more car in you can franchise i guess no I what I'm, what, no what i'm saying is no i'm saying it, like you take a multi-billion dollar company and you want to create like 
imagine a castle, right? And the, the top room at the top where, like, the people that run the whole thing are at. You think it's a big deal that, like, you, you, can, you can have some dude that throws a ball inflated with air that does nothing except throw the ball inflated with air and that's it. And they make like 10 times more than this dude that runs a multi-billion dollar company. And that's lives bullshit. At work. You, you, using but your that's same, my point. It's using like your there's same, more pressing matters. <laughs> using that same analogy, that's like saying... But that's why the, the king of the castle complaining about no, no, it, I just listen. left at the work, and that's the problem. But this is what I'm saying. You know, same analogy, like the king in the castle says, let's go to war, right? So everybody goes to war, and these soldiers are fighting all, all these people, and they kill all these people, and they win the war, right? They're going to be like, oh, yeah, the king won the war for us. It was the fucking people that were fucking that decimated the other force. But people are It was dumb. those people, right? But what I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't understand how you could, like, say that this guy just because he sits in a seat every day and sends emails and and presses the approve button on certain budgets, he's not even is is qualified most. more qualified to touch a Mercedes Benz than you are. No, that no, no, that's not what, what I'm you, saying. You are the you that's are the, a that's a you, that's a leap. There's no point. But, in but you are that what, what I'm trying to say is you are the one that is actually making the company make money yeah you're the backbone you are the backbone you are the one that is making you're you are you are repairing and you are keeping the company going right i I get how dare this person try to come in here and say because he's a ceo i'm going to take a salary annual salary of 7.5 million dollars but he's got mechanics that are quitting because they're not paid enough that's ridiculous to me that is ridiculous, and you're never going to be able to convince me otherwise. Well, it's like, because the guy, like in this type of work, it's like if you were to go and open, what's it called? Oh, it's called a franchise. It, it's all like franchise stuff. So like Mercedes will give you a fran- like a franchise license, and like some random person will just go open a Mercedes. It has to go by the standards. It has to look by a set book of regulations that Mercedes has, but like that has nothing to do with the CEO that manages actual Mercedes. Like take take the franchise owner then. Take the franchise owner. You don't Mercedes you, you, Mercedes you don't think essentially that... has nothing to do with the dealerships. Mercedes is its own brand. Mercedes is like clothing. They have Formula One. They have all these avenues in this it's a lot more than just like one dealership in South Carolina with a technician. That person <laughs> should make more money, yes, but it has zero to do globally with what the CEO We're at not the company globally. that shares We're the same nationally. title. But Mercedes yeah, but it, is a global company. But but I mean, even mm. if we took like uh, maybe maybe just fuck me if you're thinking like this right but if i had a multi-million dollar business right and i was the ceo and i was taking a, a salary of i mean it was just whatever like 2.5 right a year right but i had people that were quitting my job because they didn't feel that they were they were paid adequately it's not the same How, industry what it doesn't even matter the industry what i'm trying to say is 
how can I sit here and be like, oh, I'm king of the castle. I'm king of the castle. And I got people that are like making my company run and I can't even pay them a livable wage. That makes zero sense to me. I mean, and, and that just goes back to what we initially said in the beginning of this podcast is what Mallory said. People treat you in the, like these, these management, uh, these managers, these owners of these companies, they treat you like you're expendable because they're always going to try are. to go find. Because you are. But you're that's the one the that's making reality. it work. Exactly. You're, but, but you're the one making it work. So instead of trying to address the issue, the issue at hand, saying maybe I am paying my employees a shit wage and I'm just a bad person. No, no, we're never going to say that. What we're going to say is, fuck them. We're just find somebody else to do it for cheaper. That's the problem. And that is, and, and people that get complacent in that mentality is exactly why we're here today with a shit ass minimum wage trying to figure out how we're going to pay our bills is because people just take that shit instead of say, it's like standing up for it. Good for those fucking aviators that were over at American airlines for going on strike for a, 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 like a, for a livable wage or not even a livable wage, but a, a pay increase. Well, Good for them. You said and, earlier, it's like you wish people would do more of that these days. It's like, luckily people are that whole kind of, Control. Yes, and exactly. And I mean, but what we're seeing now is the reason away. we got there Not is because people enough. have been just been taking it. People have just been taking this abuse, and this generation, like our generation, is finally just fucking done. Well, the abuse right? is conditioned into you that creates well, those feelings you were talking about earlier, like Mallory was saying, that feeling of like straight up, like this weird weight of guilt for calling out or doing something like unwork related on a work day. Well, all right. So talking about all this brings me back to a couple of points to a belief that I got hitting points that Tyler and Mallory were saying. But with today's day and age, I fully believe that two-week notices – I just want to talk to, about this for a second. Mm -hmm. Two-week notices are total bullshit. Nowadays. I agree. Because like you said, we need to start – Sticking up for ourselves. And I fully believe that you definitely feel like need to find another though, job. Honestly. Hold on, hold on. You need to find another job, of course, before you jump into another one. And that goes along with the job hunting. And that either goes with pay or disrespect. Now, what Mallory was saying with her old company, she loved it. With that type of situation, if you're if you really love a company but you're leaving because of the pay, yeah, two week notice I feel like is the respectable thing to do. But if your employers are looking at you like you're expendable and they're overworking you and it's just a shitty work environment, if if they're thinking you're so expendable and all employers like don't give you a two-week notice to find a new job if they're planning on firing you. They just do it immediately and leave you hanging. If we're so expendable, we should be able to quit on the job without a two-weeks notice, and they can find someone as quick as they say they can. And that's well, so true to that statement you just said to where they will... We we have to put it in two weeks notice, but they will fire us on the spot with being able that's, to that's right. have to look for another job. Well, it takes two that, weeks to even look for a job. Yeah, was the last time that, that real quick, 
Huh, what a joke. Is what is there severance? Punishment? Is there a punishment? I mean, I know, but it's it's here's a hot i mean here's here's the hot take right and any listeners out here like listen to this if you work in a right to work state fuck a two-week notice man fuck a two-week notice that's what i'm saying literally just walk the fuck out say fuck you to your boss and just walk the fuck out you know how many times i've given a two-week notice never no but seriously no fuck that i mean seriously it's just absolutely ridiculous you i mean you were these these right to work states are bullshit in the first place, right? If I mean, I, I always think there's a reason that you should have to, should be able to fire somebody, but the fact that they could just do it willy nilly, whatever, whenever they feel like it, that's I mean, that's fine. But don't tote that fucking bullshit saying that you want me to give you two weeks notice and I'm if I feel like I'm gonna quit. And then come really. back and say, oh, we can work it out. Like this is we're a team. All this shit. It's like, no, fuck your bullshit. You treat us like shit. We're underpaid. This is not a job worth having. And even if you don't find a second job before you quit yours on the spot, like there comes a line that's crossed. You you get to a point where you just can't take that shit anymore. Say you're going in, like all this bullshit is already happening, and then one day like a bunch of bullshit piles up. You're not, like, you're going into work depressed. You need to, like, everyone says you need to have a job that you love to do so that you're never working a day in your life. And every single day of our life, our lives are dragging. Yeah, it sucks. I, I agree with Spencer. Make sure you guys uh, like and uh, follow this podcast so I can get there. <laughs> For real. But, yeah, but anyways, no, I mean... To piggyback off what you're saying, I think it's just absolutely bullshit. Like the kind of cards that we've been dealt. This entire situation, from the bullshit jobs that we get, we get peddled for low pay, mm-hmm. right? The economy, the way it sits right now, with housing price, uh, housing costs being on the rise, all this shit. I mean, dude, millennials even trying to save for a house. That's a whole nother topic for another day. It's a lifetime. But, yeah, but. I mean, it seems it, like it, it's more feasible to rent right now. But that again, that's a whole other topic for another day. But and and even going into the generational pay gap, I mean, it's all there. This is all valid points that we're all making. And it, it just none of none of this is ever going to change unless some like we we just all put our foot down. It, it's not. I mean, these old people that are in in the government and all that shit like that. It, it's just. You we got we got to get young blood in there, uh, like somebody that actually knows what the fuck what we're dealing with, and That's that can actually just fix thing. thing. Hey, can I say something real quick? Yes, ladies, say say something. I okay. am so in the mood for a root beer float. Do you want to make some root beer floats? I don't have root beer. So, why, what the fuck? I don't even have ice cream. What the fuck? regular Nicola Ultra. After this, I might go get some ice cream and spend uh, an enormous amount on ice cream. I have a Dairy Queen gift card. We can go get some blizzards. Yeah. But off of what you said, (laughs) sidetrack, Jesus. Off of what you said, every single one of the boomers and Gen X's that we had had presidents that were around their age. All of our presidents have been their 70s and 80s. And going off of the same political bullshit They're that awesome. they were going off when they were 
they're in their prime. Both, both sides. Not we need prime, a but when they were younger. Exactly. Yeah, like both sides. I think they, we they're, just they're, need um, pretty much all the old senile people in the world to just go ahead and. And especially one that just. Well, that's why we made COVID. Is able to walk up the stairs without tripping. <laughs> well, anyways, that's a, that's a whole other topic for another day. Joe Biden, take me to dinner. Joe Biden, take me to dinner. Let's go, Brandon. You'd right. have to hold his hand. But... Alrighty, guys. And well, my name is Tyler. Thank you, everyone, for coming to my podcast. I'm um, Avery. Make sure that you like and subscribe. And uh, thank you, guys. Avery, I'm Avery. This is Spencer. We have Mallory and Tyler. Mallory, say goodnight. Uh, good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go ahead and end it there, guys. Thank, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, for joining us tonight, man. All right, and we're out. And we're out.